Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. The the midterms are pretty much as like a presidential election. Yeah. Because it's every state. Like a a Democrat won the governorship of Kansas. (laughs) Anything's possible. Anything is possible. Guy almost won. uh, Beta almost won. Yeah. Senator. Another push. Texas could legit. If if thing if there was a perfect storm, Texas could legitimately go blue. In which case, it's over. How many votes do they get? Does who? Texas. Uh, I think they have like 36. Are they getting larger? Um, Houston's getting larger and more diverse. I think Houston's the tipping point. If Because I know like we're losing votes. Yeah. New York is because everyone's moving out of here because taxes are too high. Pussies. <laughs> Don't blame them. I just don't have the balls to leave. Yeah. Excuse me? Yeah. Yeah. So the so what you're saying is you're going to move to New York City? No. I don't understand what you're saying then. Good. No, you, it's not something you need to worry about right now. What? Huh? What? Right now? Yeah. There's a chance? Slim. Slim? All right. I like, like those chances. Very small. Okay, let's let's do a little thought experiment. Okay. So if hold on. Shit, 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 shit. Okay, so Daddy won three oh six to two thirty two last time. If everything stays the same but Democrats win Texas they get two seven. They win two seventy to two sixty eight. Oof! But if they pick up Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, the states that they really thought that they would win, and let's just those say, are all the um, the flippy floppies. They go either way. The swing states, right? Well, no. The that, those are like the the blue the wall. I guess the blue wall. Like people never didn't think that Pennsylvania would go the way it did, and then Wisconsin and Michigan too. Um, and then let's just say since uh, since the Democrat just won a statewide election for senator in 2018, let's say they pick up Arizona, too. And since Florida was, I think it went to Trump by 4%, maybe 5%, and it went to DeSantis and Rick Scott by 1%, let's say they can flip Florida, too. That's a 356 to 182 win in the Electoral College, at which point Democrats will destroy the Electoral College and things will be the way they should be. I really wonder because that would be an amendment. I mean, that would be twenty-eight. There is a way to circumvent it, but yeah, it would it could possibly be an amendment. But I don't know. No, it would have to be an amendment to get rid of it. But if you because it's it's a part of the constitution. But the way that the Democrats, at least some Democratic states, are doing it is. Unless there's supreme, it gets challenged by the Supreme Court, which it probably will if it gets to this point. Um, some states have committed to the to a popular vote bill that says whoever wins the po- national popular vote gets the electoral votes, no matter what. And it's and it's actually enforceable. And it actually happens. 
Have they not been think we're up to like, that? No. Well, yeah, they've been doing it ever since. Whoever wins the popular Daddy. vote in their state. No, no. In, usually. No, in the country. Oh. Wait. How? Wait, what? Yeah. I'm confused. So if if last year everybody committed to the popular vote initiative, Hillary wins. If, if, Don, if Donald won the popular vote, then no matter what, New York's pop, would, electoral would votes would president. go to Donnie. Yeah. That's how that's it's pretty oh, much. So, OK, it's I a get it again. To, So there are there are bills in their state laws. Yeah. That like are California's saying that passed it. Colorado is actually the it's the most purple state to have passed it so far. But I think pretty sure it's cleared New York, Massachusetts, Jersey, you know, but it's it's made its way pretty much through the the democratic strongholds and it just needs to get to a few more purple states and then it's gonna it could pretty much make the electoral college obsolete and then at which at which point republicans are going to challenge it it'll probably go up to the supreme court and get knocked down the way that it's structured right now unless kavanaugh gets impeached and something Hmm. and a democrat fills it that's not gonna happen if a Democrat wins, I think it they're, they're going to move to do it. I don't know. What's the impeachment um, process for a Supreme Court justice? I think you have to do – I think you have to like have a rap battle of some kind. That sounds about right. But it has to be the oldest and the youngest have to do the rap battle. So it's Ginsburg <laughs> so, against Kavanaugh. <laughs> <laughs> that would be – God, she's so I'd old. That. But God bless her. Dude, she's refusing to die, and I, I respect that. I respect the shit. Even if she was a Republican, I would respect the fuck out of her. Like, wow, you really don't. You're you're all adam- adamant to not die. Good for you. Hasn't she been, like, cured of cancer, like, four times now? <laughs> I think five. God, what a, ba- what a boss-ass bitch. Okay, uh, the Constitution states that justices shall hold their offices during good behavior. Uh... The only the only justice to be impeached was Associate Justice Samuel Chase in 1805. So it's been a bit. What did he do? Uh, I th- I'm pretty sure he said he used an Asian slur on his podcast. No, what did he really do? I'm <laughs> actually super curious about that. Let's see. According to... What do you have to do in 1805 to get in trouble? <laughs> I don't know. You probably planted some bad crops or something. Uh... Let's see. Da, 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 da. Wow, he was appointed by George Washington. Wow. No, oh, but he sense. served until 1811. So what a bitch. Okay, uh, impeachment. President Jefferson, armed, alarmed at the st- seizure of power by the judiciary through the claim of ex- exclusive judicial review, <laughs> led his party's efforts to remove the Federalists from the bench. His eyes in Congress had shortly after his inauguration repeated the Judiciary Act of 1801, abolishing the lower courts created by the legislation and terminating their Federalist judges despite lifetime appointment, appointments. I don't... Oh, my God. This is... I think I think TJ was just pissed. That's what it sounds like. I think that... I'm pretty sure that's what happened. He's kind of a bitch. I love TJ, though. Not Thomas Jefferson. He's TJ. Well, I mean... Trump wouldn't have been president if he didn't buy Louisiana. I'm just putting that out there. So what you're saying is Thomas Jefferson is why we have Trump. Mm-hmm. Got it. Just throwing that out there. I think that's a fair assessment to make. 
Okay. Wait, I think he was drunk. I think that he got removed because he was drunk. Okay. I buy it. Hold on, hold on. Okay, so they voted to impeach... The House voted to impeach Chase in 1805, accusing him of refusing to dismiss biased jurors and and excluding or limiting defense witnesses in two politically sensitive cases. So he wasn't doing his job. I guess. But he also wasn't breaking the law? I'm pretty sure Jefferson just hated him. Because he was a Federalist? Yeah. Honestly, that's pretty fucking cool. Kind of bitchy, but okay. Anyways. Politics. Yeah, wow, that was... I hope you recorded all of that. I recorded some of it. So, I don't know. We sh- <laughs> Just in case, I'm going to do a normal... <laughs> ah, Cody. My dear, sweet Cody. I did. That was fun. I liked that conversation. Did you watch the debates? I can't. I can't. No. You didn't. No, you any- I don't have the time or patience to... Um, do that i also am not teaching government so i don't really care that much about politics until i get closer to the election until like not even so are you going to care when in the caucuses i'll start paying more attention during primary season it is primary season during actual primaries all right you don't even have to (laughs) so just to in case you want to know about what the nature of the political climate is that all you have to do is type in I.O. to a Google search bar, and it'll immediately come up Iowa caucuses 2020. <laughs> God bless. What's the, the date for that? February 3rd. Uh, this next year? Okay, yeah. Okay. Wow. Ooh. Wow. Because what, we'll be like six months out from the election at that point. Uh, no. No, we'll be eight months. Nine months. Eleven? Nine? Nine. We'll be a baby's amount. <laughs> Let's see who. Let's go over who's leading in Iowa. Trump Biden. came in, and keep in mind, Trump came in second in Iowa to Theodore Cruz. So, that Cruz isn't running for president. Are you talking about in, last time? Last in, in 2016. Yeah. Oh my God! In 2016, Hillary beat Bernie in Iowa, 49.8 to 49.6 percent. Jeez Louise! The remainder going to the gamers. So wow. That before. Uh... The DNC screwed over Bernie. Uh, super del- the DN- Okay, here's what I'll say. The DNC itself, I don't think, screwed over Bernie that bad. I think the DNC's political process screwed over Bernie. Because super, because super delegates are stupid, first of all. I don't care what dipshit ju- says, what, what any dipshit says to justify him. The fact that you have a super delegate as opposed to actual delegates, of which are people that are become delegates is the dumbest thing ever so just the nature of the beast of the dnc is what screwed over bernie but thankfully they got rid of him because i think if not for the super super delegates and for people seeing that hillary had this big lead of delegates that nobody knows where they came from i think he would have been the nominee if it was just yeah, don't you do you not think he would have won 2016 yeah oh yeah he absolutely would have won he might have gotten one of the bigger electoral wins we've seen in a long time. Oh, jeez. Like, 
maybe Big a little words. bit better than Obama 08. Oh, wow. I don't, didn't, I just, didn't he, like, super... Didn't he win, like, really hard in, in 08? Yeah, yeah, but... I don't. Obama won by ten million in 08. Ten million votes, and like, I think he doubled up McCain in the electoral college, as he should have. But I think Bernie would have done maybe a little bit better than that because I think Bernie won won Iowa. He would have won, like, maybe not Arizona, but he would have definitely put some plain states in play. Maybe Georgia, I think he would have won, for instance. Hmm. Florida, definitely. Yeah, Bernie. There was something about Bernie. He definitely. Yeah. Anyways, speaking of Bernie, Iowa, current leader, according to a YouGov poll from late August, early September, is at Biden 29, Bernie 26, Warren 17, Buttigieg 7, Harris 6, Klobuchar 2, O'Rourke 2, Booker 2, Delaney 1, (laughs) Delaney, Gabbard 1. Who's that? I don't even know who that is. He's the dope from Maryland who Elizabeth Warren absolutely murdered on the debate stage. Oof. Because he said something. He He's the guy. He, he's like, I want to be the one who actually gets things done and bridges the divide, works with Republicans, and doesn't promise impossible things. And which, Like bridging the divide and working with the Republicans? Exactly. And, <laughs> and without even addressing him, but just a, talking about him and everyone else of his ilk on the stage, Warren's like, I'm just so amazed that people go onto this stage tell people they want to run for president and then constantly talk about the things they can't that they can't do and that are impossible and that they they and that are too hard to do i was like fuck yeah elizabeth warren she's she's the best i love her so much but um but yeah iowa not too far away cody no if you're an iowan who is uh who's getting your vote hashtag yang gang (laughs) you want to know what i did sign up for uh this contest (laughs) Don't blame me for that one. I do not. <clears throat> That's a good one. I won't vote for him. I don't think he has the remotest chance. Really? No, he's a joke. Yeah, he's pretty much a joke. <laughs> I think he's... He, I, I don't know. He probably means well, but as a politician, he's just mega cringy. Like, when he told a joke about... Like, how he's... He keeps telling Asian jokes about, like, well, all the people I... Or, He's like he made something about like how a lot of Asian people are doctors, which is like, sure it's true. I don't whatever, but on a debate stage, really, you're. You better watch out that might get him fired from the debates. And he said he was the opposite to Donald Trump because he was an Asian guy who liked math. I'm like, no, that's not what opposites are. (laughs) Like, no. <laughs> what? That doesn't make any sense. I know. I don't understand it. The opposite of Donald Trump would be a black woman. A black who likes woman. Math. <laughs> like, or maybe Hispanic woman. I don't know. But not an, not somebody in the same race or in the same gender or whatever. Like, what? I don't know. He's just kind of a douche. Like, but sometimes I'm like, oh, he's okay. But then other times I'm just like, no, this guy's a moron. It's harmless. No. Yeah, sure. He's yeah. What? Well, that's all I'll say about Andrew Yang. Who else has gotten your attention? Anybody? Warren recently, mm. and Gabbard just because. Just because. You know. 
you like policy. Gabbard, Gabbard, she's a bit of a war hawk, I think. Not the biggest fan of her. Well, I mean, she kind of has to be. Make love, not war, Cody. Hey, war hawks kind of won us the War of 1812, so. You can't even prove that the War of 1812 actually happened, so shut up. (laughs) Got him. (sighs) I don't know, it's it's certainly... A confusing time, and as Democrats, you and I both, right? No. What? Oh, that's right, you're a cockertarian. Registered independent, my guy. Got it. That means you're yeah. dumb. Oh. That's too bad. <laughs> just, you have no courage. How, do you, how can you be independent? Come on. Pretty easily, actually. <laughs> All I had to do was check a box. Oh, shit. Word. Are you registered? Mm-hmm. That's good. I need to re-register, though. What? Because I moved. Oh. Hmm. Yeah, I had to re-register as a Republican. What? No. No. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm really interested, though? I And I hope it doesn't. Oh. oh, actually, it's March 17th. What, my mom's birthday? (laughs) No, the the Illinois primary. New York's primary is until April 28th. I really hope we have a lot of, a wide variety of people to vote for. I don't want to be just be like, it's Bernie and and Biden. I'm like, ugh, jeez. Like, give me some new, give me some people in there, man. No. Cody, how are you today? Good, tired. Sleepy? Mm-hmm. Did you get a nap in? Nope. Oh, why? In that time. That's that's too bad. Well, it is ha- what it is. It 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 be like that sometimes. Sometimes it really do be like that. <laughs> well, speaking of time, we are here to talk about space. Which brings with it theory of relativity and all the space things. So that's a bit of a reach, but well, when you do when you do space movies, time is usually a pretty significant factor. And that one space movie, it is. I no, nope. I've got I got several movies on my list that I think that all have to do with time. That all have something to do with time. Hmm. Okay. Why don't you? I have one. Wow. Or I guess two, kinda. Kinda. You could make an argument for three. See, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Actually, I do want to. Now that I'm, I'm just open up Twitter to look for something, and I'm noticing that the Lord of the Rings on Prime Twitter is apparently a thing. Hmm. Are you excited about that? I mean, sure. I don't know enough about it to get truly excited yet. Well, it's filming on location in New Zealand. Shocking. As is proper. As is proper. Uh, Will Poulter is the lead. (laughs) Why? (laughs) Because he's a good actor. Okay. What? What do you mean? He's a fine actor. He's just so weird. He's a great actor. What are you talking about? His eyebrows. He's got Jack Nicholson eyebrows. He's bad. 
No, he's handsome. He's not handsome. You cannot argue that he's handsome. No, I'm. I think he's handsome. Well, you're weird. I'm not weird. You're weird for thinking he's not handsome. Okay. Agree to disagree. That he's not handsome. He is to me. <laughs> Let me just. Oh my fill up that, god! That, fill in that Josh-shaped void here. Yes, inspired by the way, this episode inspired by Josh because through a strange circumstances series of events he is currently hurtling through space at 300 miles an hour pretty slow but still that's not very fast i know it's he's been slowed down from for reasons but be that as it may we can't do anything to save him so we might as well talk about space because we love space space or as tim curry would say spice spice can you make that gif the um, the image on the Twitter? I'll try. Thank you. See that that could, it couldn't it could not happen. You there's nothing you can do because I told you I'd try. Mm-hmm. So got him. Boom. Well, I love space, and before we get into the movies of it, I want to talk a little bit about the concept of space. It's big. Okay. Yeah. Space is big, yes or no? Yes. Objective or subjective? That is objective. Actually, depends on the space you're talking about. The space outside. Outer hmm. space? Yes. Then, yes, that is big. Outer space is big, objectively. Objectively. Got it. It's good to Unless know. Unless you're God. Then it's subjective. Mm-hmm. Then he's like, oh, done. Got him. Where does space come from? What's the what happened, Cody? Why are we here? Is what I want to ask you. Well, and you need you better have a good answer. TBS really- runs reruns of a show uh-huh. called The Big Bang Theory. Okay, and they have a uh, theme song that uh-huh. you should just insert here because I don't know how it goes because I fucking hate that show. <laughs> But don't you think that putting that into the show is going to acknowledge it, its existence? Well, I just acknowledge it is, its existence. God, got him. <laughs> got him, Cody. Well, the Big Bang happened. But why did the Big Bang happen? Um, That's what I want you to tell me. I can't tell you that. According to the Big Bang Theory theme, <laughs> our whole universe was in a hot, dense state The nearly 14 years... Mill- billion years ago, expansion started. Wait, the Earth began to cool. The autotrophs began to drool. Neanderthals developed tools. We built a wall. We built the pyramids. Math, science, history, unraveling the mystery that all started with the Big Bang. Hey, so that—that's the beginning. Since the dawn of man is really not that long, oh, as every wait, galaxy no. was formed in less this time than it takes to sing this song. A fraction of a second, and the elements were made. The bipeds stood up straight. The dinosaurs all met their fate. They tried to leap, but they were late, and all the dead. And they all died. They froze their asses off. The oceans and Pangea Sea wouldn't want to be a set in motion by the same Big Bang. It all started with a Big Bang. I've never heard that. It's expanding ever outward no, one stop, day. It will cause stop. the stars to go the other way. Jeez. Collapsing ever inward, we won't be here, won't be hurt. Our best and brightest figure that'll make an even bigger bang. <laughs> I didn't want that. Australopithus <laughs> would only have been sick of us debating how we're here, how they're catching deer, we're catching viruses, religion or astronomy, discard or Deuteronomy. It all started with the Big Bang. 
Is there one music more? Music and mythology, Einstein and astrology. It all started with the Big Bang. It all started with the Big Bang. That's it. Okay. <laughs> Was that of the, of all the times I've annoyed you on the show? Where does that rank? The top. That was the worst. <laughs> the, the best part is there were so many words I didn't know that I just kind of blew it over. Yeah, you kept going, too. It's that a was long the weird song. Part. Yeah. I only knew the, the theme from the show. Yeah, I, I was I inexplicably watched the finale, and then I watched them on Colbert that night, and they, they had the Bare Naked Ladies on, and they sang the whole song. So like, you knew. What? I did know. I was I kind of set you up there a little bit. You're the worst person I know. Really? Anyway, no. Well, that's good. Why do you? Who think, is the worst person you know? Who's the worst person I know? I don't know. Mm-hmm. What's your definition of no? Like if you were walking down the street, you would they would be like, "Oh, hey, it's you." Um, I don't know. I'm not comfortable saying that on this podcast. Text it to me. I have no idea. I'm, I'm sorry. Mine's Tim Allen. Anyways, um, I hate Tim Allen. He's the <laughs> worst. Still? <laughs> St- always. Always. Just like at the end of Harry Potter. Always. Yuck. Um, what were you saying? I don't know. We were talking about the origins of the universe. Um, oh, the Big Bang yeah. happened. Not the song, but... Our whole know. universe. No. No. Oh. <laughs> uh, so that happened, and that started it. That's all I got for you. But why? I don't know. You tell me why. I'm going to go with the Stephen King route and say it was indigestion brought on by a giant turtle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's, that's good. I like that. Thank you. Uh, no, I mean, I don't. Is it is it fair to say that I really don't know? Yes. I like when we think about I think it's more fair to say that you don't know than to say that you do know. But like let's let's run through some of the options here. The seem I would get I I mean from where I'm standing I think the popular theory is that it just happened or that it was created by somebody. Yeah. Who created them? I did. Oh. Well damn. Okay, I guess all right, moving on then. No. Um yeah, like that's kind of humanity and sentient, uh, you know, sentient beings. Our whole purpose has pretty much been to figure out who we are, where we came from, and I don't know. Do you think? Do you think that's a question we're ever really going to know the answer to? Probably not. In terms of the origins of the universe, because we we pretty much have gotten we've boiled it down to there being some cataclysmic event a big bang if you will but like it just it 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 doesn't make any sense because something had to happen first but there's no logical beginning to anything because like if you want to say oh because if you want let's follow the um let's follow just like the prevailing thought of christianity is that you know the seven days like on the first day god said let, let there be light right that's the okay. that's the bit mm-hmm. okay but who created god and then who created what created god and who created what created i don't know what created i feel god? like you're asking these questions 
You don't want to know the answer to it. Haven't you ever seen Prometheus? That's how you get your neck snapped. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll talk about that. But no, it's it's just it's an interesting question that is just unanswerable. I think, and then and no answer that. I don't think science. Well, there's no way you're going to uh, make everybody happy with the answer. Well, first so. of all, nobody. Even if you do somehow, if somebody somehow is able to bring about certifiable, unquestionable, concrete evidence of of the origins of the universe, half the planet's still going to not believe it. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I don't really blame them for that. In that in that sense, I mean, we've tried to kind of fill this void and this sort of i think i don't know if bono described it this way but he mentions this a lot of the god-shaped hole that everybody kind of has one and it's just a matter of what you fill it with some people fill it with religion some people with music some with narcotics and that's just kind of it that's something that just kind of eats away at everybody and it's not and you know everybody kind of is wondering where they where we come from where where we're going what their purpose is and all that and so what you're telling me is that some people wonder where do we come from where do we go where'd you come from cotton eye joe (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) yep that's i mean i can't yeah that's pretty much it that's pretty much it when was the last time you listened to the Cotton Eye Joe? Uh, hmm. Today? I hope so. Oh, uh, yeah. Probably in full, probably like a week ago. But I mean, that's my... low key slaps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> it's, I'm not kidding. Are you kidding? I think you're kidding, though. I think you're kidding. Only slightly. Only slightly. <laughs> <laughs> I like that song. I'm not ashamed. I'm slightly ashamed, but I like it. Listen to it. Or if you want to call yourself artsy, listen to the uh, Swiss Army Man version of it. Holy fucking shit. What? How how old do you think the Cotton Eye Joe is? 1999. <laughs> you want me to blow your mind? Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I can't believe it took us this long into the podcast to really dive deep into the Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> but the origins of the song are unclear, although it predates the 1861 to 1865 American Civil War. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Seriously. American folklorist Dorothy Scarborough, 1878 to 1935, noted in her, in her 1925 book that several people remember hearing the song before the war. Scarborough's account of the song came from her sister, Mrs. George Scarborough, who learned the song from, oh, geez, um, people on a plantation in Texas and other parts from a man in Louisiana. The man in Louisiana knew the song from his earliest childhood and heard slaves singing it on plantations. Both the dance and the song had many variants. The first, oh, shit, you know what? I'm just getting it. The first printing one dates from 1882. American publishing house Harper & Brothers published a version in 1882, heard by author Louise Clark Purnell on the album of Plantation of Her Father when she was a child. Holy shit. I just, I've never, ever thought of the lyrics before. If it hadn't been for Cotton Eye Joe, Cotton uh-huh. Eye Joe, obviously a white man, white slave-owning Southern Democrat, probably. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'd have been married a long time ago. So he would have had a happy life if 
someone hadn't come and taken him to, you know, to be a slave. Oh, shit. Where did you come from? He has no idea where this guy came from. And when, where did you go? He doesn't know where he went. <laughs> where did you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? Oh, my God. There are and, more. Okay, I know we're, how the whole Big Bang Theory is a meme, but there are actually more lyrics to Cotton Eye Joe. But, like, the folk song or the, the disco remix? This is the Rednecks Cotton Eye Joe official okay, movie video. Okay, that's the one remakes. I know. He came to town like a midwinter storm. He rode through the field so handsome and strong. His eyes was his tools and his smile was his gun. But all he had come for was having some fun. If it hadn't been for Cotton Eye Joe, blah, da, 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 da. He bought disaster wherever he went. The hearts of the girls was to hell. Broken scent. They all ran away so nobody would know and only left and, and left only men because of Cotton Eye Joe. Wow. <laughs> the question I pose to you, Cody, is Cotton Eye Joe problematic? <laughs> No. Okay, got it, got it. Wow. I think it's just realism. Art is uncomfortable. Wow. Can you separate the art from the artist when it comes to the Cotton Eye Joe? I do every day. <laughs> every day? Wow, interesting. <laughs> Told you, I like that song. But anyways, getting back to the matter at hand. Yeah, oh the, my God. The origins, the origins of the universe. Um I guess, but we weren't really off that off topic. I mean, if we're talking about the Cotton Eye Joe. It really is the origin of at least my universe. Pretty much. Yeah. You're talking about a God-shaped hole. Some people fill it with drugs. <laughs> with Some people fill it with guide. Some people fill it with the Cotton Eye Joe song. You know? <laughs> no ways right. All ways are accepted. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I don't think there's ever going to come a time when we really know. When we as a species know. I think we'll either i think we'll die we'll humans will die out bef- fully completely die out before we really know what happened and how it happened and why it happened we'll snuff ourselves out no just natural evolution you know think of the think of how long earth's been alive and then think of how long we've been on it we've been out we've been around for what like i don't know eh, I, I, I feel like i sound like an idiot years. yeah I was gonna say a few hundred thousand, so okay, I guess we're close. And the universe, and the world has been a thing for several billion years, maybe even like a few trillion, right? Uh, that, mm, or, or or according to actual people who just who may or may not be members of the Republican Party, fifteen thousand years. Some there's this theory that the Earth is like two thousand years old or something. I don't know. It's stupid. Everything's stupid, but. I don't personally, I don't think a rapture is going to happen. I don't think the sky is going to open and we're just going to actually have judgment day and we're going to go lockstep and be like, all right, it's time kind of a deal. I think that's pretty absurd, but I also think it's absurd that for anybody to say, well, the big bang happened and that, that means there's no greater power. It's like, goes back to what I said earlier. Then how far can you peel back the layers? You know, Mm -hmm. like who created us? And then who created what created us, and then so on. Again, and so you're, forth. you're getting into Prometheus territory here. But like, where's the beginning? Is there a beginning? And even if there's a beginning, what happened before that? You know, what is reality, Cody? These you sound are, like a dollar store uh, philosopher. These are the things I think about. There's I'm, just no way I'm of knowing. Sorry, what do you? What is this really? What you do all day? I want you to make me. I want you to to to, to calm me down to console me. I can't. Oh shit. Because you should be so nervous about all of this stuff. Yeah. But there's nothing you it there's nothing I can control about it though. Well, there's a lot you can control about it. You just choose not to because you're weak. 
what, what can I control? I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but do you ever lay awake at night and think about, you know? I was just playing into your fears there. Three. And I think it worked. You did. Do you think do you ever do you think the rapture is going to come? No. Do you think we'll know? All I know is that if the rapture did come, I'd be like that show the leftovers. Yeah. And I would be one of the people left behind. I'd be right there with you, buddy. Just and the two, just I don't the like two the of idea us. of that. Just us two. No one else. You and me. Still potting. <laughs> just to ourselves. <laughs> I don't know, man. I really, I really wasn't sure about Rainbow Three, but <laughs> there hasn't been a new movie out in <laughs> four years now, and I'm just, why are we still here? Yeah, okay, but just imagine. We got lots of, we got, we got lots of lists <laughs> to go through. Ever, but imagine this. We're every, just going through all of Josh's lists on um, Letterboxd, and then die and, of old age without completing half of them. But just imagine this, Cody, of we, you and me in the end times. The entire internet is down except for Skype. Oh no! <laughs> Skype is the only thing that works. That's true horror. That is a goosebumps level tri- twist there. I'm not gonna do it. Fuck! Come on. <laughs> nope. Come on. You can find it yourself. It's on Netflix. It's my birthday. It's not your birthday. Fuck. If it was, would it, would it even matter? Yes, I would have done it if it was your birthday, but it's not. Fuck. Damn you, Mom and Dad. Um, <laughs> nope. Um, but yeah. Origin of the Universe. Terrifying. Fascinating. And I, this won't be the last uh, time we talk about this, because I'm sure it will come up as we go along. Uh, so, honorable mentions. Do you have any? Did we even introduce the list at all? I don't know. I think we're doing. We're talking about space movies. All yeah, y'all. space movies, space not philosophy movies. movies. For in honor of the Ad Astra film that's coming out in just a few days, I'm seeing it on Thursday and possibly again on Friday, depending. Seeing it on Thursday night at the IMAX, Lincoln Square. I actually don't know where the closest IMAX is around me. That's honestly so sad. It's Cinemark in Rochester. Uh, well, like Cinebarf. Got him. What? Better than your shit. Better than, better than the theater that we saw Dark Knight in? I don't know. Maybe. No. This, it's that, uh, that's the biggest IMAX screen in like the United States, I think. Is that true? Pretty sure. Either that, it's either that or the one in L.A., but it's not, whatever. It's still like top two, three. So take that, Nazi. Um, are you excited for Ad Astra? Yeah. Yeah, I am too. It's been a while since we got a good hard sci-fi movie. Yeah. Probably since Annihilation? Yeah. So, what, two years? A year? Well, yeah, well, let me see if there's one from this year. I don't think there was. Mm, High Life, kind of, but you didn't see that. I didn't see High Life. I heard it wasn't that good, though. Hobbs and Shaw was kind of science fiction. Cause nothing <laughs> that was that hard. Happened. I said hard sci-fi. Come on. Okay, was The Rock not toit? <laughs> yes or no? You're right. I'm sorry. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Annihilation. No, I don't think I'd call him toit. Toit. Um, Vanessa Kirby. Mm-hmm. She was pretty tight. Gotti. Does that count? You never saw Gotti. I'm pissed no. at you. Gotti's one of the best bad movies ever. Should we do a uh, a movie homework for it? No. You should definitely watch it, though. 
It's so funny bad. I love this new phase of John Travolta where he's just in the worst movies of all time. Why does he like this? Because nobody hire, will hire him and he wants money. Fair. Wasn't he in a movie directed by the guy from Linkin Park? No, from... Um, Limp Bizkit. Limp Bizkit. Yeah. It's called like The Douche Fanatic or something like that. Did you know Limp Bizkit has a song called Douchebag? No. And it's bad. Well, obviously, it's a Limp Bizkit song. <laughs> but there's so there's apparently a scene in his new, in Fred Durst's new film where, like, somebody's in a car. Maybe it's not his most recent, but it's in one of his movies where somebody's in a car talking about how much they like Limp Bizkit. He put that in his own movie. <laughs> That's awesome. Because my theory is that he made that he put that in because he knew there were some people out there who didn't who wouldn't know who Fred Durst is. And wouldn't know that he directed the movie. Just think, oh, if Fred yes. Durst was some I random guy. Fred, I love the Fred Durst headed <laughs> yeah. band. But my Limp theory Biscuits. is he put that he put that in, thinking people like, oh, this, I love it. This is a cool song, and not really care about who directed the movie or even know that it was him. That's my theory, at least. That sounds right. Or he just, or he, or I'm wrong, and he just wanted to shout out his own band, which respect gotta no. respect you gotta respect the hustle you really do i don't <laughs> um but yeah we're talking about the space movies in honor of ad astra i'm stoked for it cannot wait brad pitt good, having a good year um yeah. what if he wins two oscars that would be something Has that ever happened it'll happen no hasn't happened it has not maybe it should maybe michael Sarah, i guess just needs a lead in a supporting <laughs> he's got to win an oscar at some point there's a freaky shit in uh michael Sarah performance somewhere coming down the line there's just got to be national order things okay uh honorable mentions do you have any got two Ooh. i have star trek into darkness okay the only star trek movie i have on here got it good because i like it because star trek is what um, most Star Trek is pretty not that great, but this movie's pretty good. Star Trek overall is trash. I can't say that. Well, I can. Oh, okay. Star Trek trash. I don't think it's that bad. Hmm. But, yeah, I have Star Trek Into Darkness. Hmm. I like that one. I like I like Benderoo Cucumber Patch in it. Nice. It's very good. Um, I like the story I like the visuals do you like Ben Benedict Cucumber I like Batch? I like J.J. Abrams Didn't I think he? he's a good director but how many killed, how, he killed Star Wars though how many times did he subvert expectations in this movie though <laughs> I don't know too many probably ah fuck interesting I'm not sure if he subverted any expectations in that movie actually Re- Pretty sure that movie was exactly what everybody thought it was going to be. <laughs> Pretty much, because they were like, Khan's not in this, it's John Harrison. Everybody's like... and then It's Khan. It's Khan. They're like, it's John Harrison. Mm, it's Khan. Khan. Um, okay. By the way, shout and- out to J.J. Abrams for casting Adam Driver. He really, he put Adam Driver on the map with Star Wars. And now he's the possibly the best actor. I don't even think his Kylo Ren is my favorite performance of his. 
I like. Have you, you still haven't seen Patterson, right? No. I really like that movie. That's nice. I think it's very good. I think that's his best performance. Mm. Haven't seen it. Can't say anything. Uh, no. No. You haven't seen it. You can't say anything. It's fair. It's the rules. Next hour I mention. Um, Event Horizon. I heard that was bad. It's not. Okay. It's before it's time. I also watched it. <laughs> Is it doesn't that get school. like freaky shit at the end about like yeah. they go to hell? They actually go to hell. It's super cool. What the fuck? Um, <clears throat> no, it's got Sam Neill. I think Lawrence Fishburne is in it. It's um, it's crazy nineties sci-fi. What did I say? Lawrence Fish. Who? Born Fishburne. What's his name? Lawrence. No, 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 no. It's Lawrence the Fish Fishburne. I'm <laughs> sorry, I didn't know. And it's that, and it's that Sam Elliott, not Sam Neill. That's not Sam Elliott. <laughs> the movie would have been much different if it was <laughs> Sam Elliott. <laughs> Give him an Oscar. <laughs> I try to go. I love you too. What you said? What you want to do is you want to go to Dutch and restart him a dog. Girls and such a good actor. Mr. Dutch of that of all. Boy. Yeah. The further I get away from that movie, and especially his performance <laughs> in that movie, the more you love it, the less I like it. Ah, uh, re. I love that I film. really didn't think that movie was as great as everybody said it was. Yeah, you're wrong. You're just wrong. I'm not. Bradley Cooper was transformative, and the fact that he lost he, to lip-syncing Malik is Well, dumb. that's dirty and stupid, because that movie is dirty and stupid. Nice. That's a great way to put to encapsulate that film. Dirty and stupid. No. Just like the real Fred. Nope. What? <laughs> I was say, just like the real Freddie Mercury, but that would get me in trouble. <laughs> then you still just kind of said it. I was joking. I mean, yeah, it's, it's better if I don't actually say it and then say I was going to. Right? <laughs> I don't know. Am I canceled? Am I going to lose my job on SNL? <laughs> I don't know. You have to get it first. Right. I, I feel like it's fair game to call to not like Freddie Mercury. I mean, this I is, don't dislike. I actually think he wrote Freddie trash Mercury songs, was, so like, I think it's all fair game. That's not true. Yeah. Sorry, Freddie Mercury was unpopular opinion. Queen is trash, and I've well, and it always that's has very been. unpopular. All right, You're well, not going to find me agreeing with you. The greatest minds of their time weren't always acknowledged during it. <laughs> it's like that Jesus meme. <laughs> and they hated him because he told the truth. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I so relate. <laughs> Anyways, Brian May is really the one that pisses me off. Like, I hate that guy. Because he, you know what? You want to know why? Because the dude is legitimately, speaking of space, like an astrophysicist or something like that. He chooses to be a uh, and, he, and he spends his time writing awfully stupid songs to play at minor league baseball games for 70,000 years. <laughs> like, fuck off, dude. You actually could have contributed something to society and hashtag society. Chose not to. And you chose not to, to make queen music. Like, really? They wrote <laughs> 5,000 songs and we only care about four of them. Was that really worth your time? You could have cured diseases and shit. Or, I don't know, found aliens. I don't give a shit. Found planets. And then the other two guys in Queen are 
nobody knows who they are. There's no no person who knows who the other people in Queen are. Not one person. It's John Deacon and something else. Did you find that in a phone book? No, I just remember. No. No. Queen sucks. Cancel Queen. Hashtag cancel Queen. Um, no. I'm not going to do that. I don't agree. God, God would never cancel people, Cody. Who said that? Some idiot. And then the first reply was like, hey, remember when he flooded the fucking world? <laughs> oh, that's good for me. Okay. People are so stupid. I wasn't ready for that one. <laughs> like he killed everybody. Remember he when specifically he flooded the world? He specifically told a guy months in advance to build a boat so he wouldn't die when he killed everybody. Hey, I'm gonna flood the world real quick. <laughs> God is the ultimate cancel let's see, culture. Let's see, he warned Noah and Gilgamesh, and that's it. Did he even warn Gilgamesh? I don't know. I think Gilgamesh was just so fucking cool that it couldn't kill him. <laughs> or he just happened to be building a boat. I actually Unrelated. don't remember the story of Gilgamesh at all. Yeah, who knows? Nobody knows. Again, like like the other members of Queen, nobody knows. Now, one person <laughs> knows. but Nobody knows. Yeah. And then there's the one guy who did his dissertation on Gilgamesh and the hidden themes. <laughs> Stumbled across. Oh, I love space. Some of the causes podcast episode. The fuck? You did not just say that about Gilgi. <laughs> Gilgo. Gilgarino. Gilgaroo cucumber fats. <laughs> God, I love it. Um, other I'll mention for you. Just those two. Oh, word. Okay, I did something different with this list. Usually. Okay, wait. Actually, I imposed a rule on myself. I don't know. If you followed it, which uh-huh. I didn't tell you it, so why would you? But I only picked one movie per franchise. Okay, I didn't do that, but I only had... Do you only have one where they're... Like I have, two where I they have do the that? two movies from a franchise you would 100% expect, but they're so okay. different that I don't even count them as the same franchise. Um, That's fair. Uh, yeah, my own So with this list, I ranked... My first preference in ranking was I wanted to deal with movies that were about space and that um, that as like to the forefront and also dealt with more scientific aspects of it and not so much the like Star Wars of it all. Like we don't have any Star Wars on our lists just because it's not because about you space. Told us not to. It's in space, but it's not about space. And I like stuff that's about space, um, scientific, philosophical, that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah. So my first I'll mention, and this is a bit of a spoiler, so if you have not seen uh, a movie, uh, whatever. I don't know. I can't say it because it's going to be a spoiler, but whatever. Dark City has space at the end. Like I you knew fi- you were gonna, I knew you were going to put that on your the list. The twist is that the movie takes place in space. So I, I wanted to mention it because it is... The visual of this giant city sitting in the middle of space is so cool. Do you me. know what it is? You know, it's what flat earthers think the world is like. Pretty much. It, it is. I, I know. I was there. I wrote the movie, even though it came out when I was three. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah. Dark City. 90% of it is not space, but the 10% that is kind of changes everything that comes before it. And it just, it's, I like how space is used in this. Not good enough to be on my list, though. Um, nine other honorable mentions, Apollo, 11, Apollo 13. 
forgot about that one. Very solid historical. Very, very good movie. More scientific into the survival of it. On that same note, I also have First Man and The Martian. A couple recent movies. First Man, obviously. Calm down about The Martian, though. Got it. First Man, obviously, about Neil Armstrong. Uh, The Martian, obviously, about Matt Damon. Um, and you know what I would throw? Let's just make this our collective uh, honorable mentions list because <laughs> none of those movies showed up when I did fucking yeah, that's uh, what I told you. The uh, science happened. fiction got them. Um, <laughs> I also want to put on the Apollo 11 documentary that just came out okay. this year. Got it. it. Was very good. You should watch it. Yeah, maybe. You're not going to, but it's okay. Maybe. I, I give you a firm maybe. Anything can happen. Okay, it's ever on HBO. Yeah, First Man, very good. Martian, very good. And then my last one I'll mention is similar to another movie that's on my actual list list. I just felt like mentioning it because it is a very fun space movie that is super underrated. It is Life with Jacob Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds. Not so much for the whole Ryan Reynolds. (laughs) But it's a lot of fun. Wasn't that like a scuffed alien? Yeah. Very okay. pretty scuffed, but still, it was like if it, it's it was pretty much a remake of Alien, but with different things. And like, <laughs> well, what if this happened instead of that happened? I don't know, just with different actors. <laughs> different, it had a different kind of mood and tone too. So I don't know. All right, your number five. My number five is The Martian. Oh, yeah, but uh, I don't know if I said it, but any one of my. Um, Honorable mentions could have been my number five. Yeah. They're all excellent movies. Mm-hmm. Um, the Martian is just really great. I think it's probably my favorite Matt Damon performance. Mm. It's like my third favorite Jessica Chastain performance. Mm. <laughs> what is my favorite Matt Damon performance? Oh I mean, it's between this and Good Will Hunting. I think those are the really only two viable options. Oh, you mean Trash Will Hunting? What the hell? Why are you like this? That movie's amazing. I hate that movie. Why? Because he's an because asshole. Because it's good? Matthew Damon's middle name is Paige. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's interesting. I didn't know that. Uh, what's my favorite Matt Damon performance? Uh, uh, I'm going to go with 2016's Jason Bourne. <laughs> yeah, everyone's face. <laughs> I haven't thought about that movie since you made me watch it for this fucking podcast. <laughs> well, we were—I was excited about it. Jason Bourne, man. Oh, <laughs> that's scuffed James Bond, and that's just—I know what my favorite Matt Damon performance is. <laughs> I'll what? start paging Doctor. Paging nah. Doctor. I don't know the 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 bits lost. Just tell me what it is. Paging Doctor May. <laughs> Oh, Dr. Man, Dr. Hugh, man. <laughs> no, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah, we will um, get to that. What is my... Uh, da, 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 da. <laughs> Dr. True man. Grit. Eh, True Grit was okay. Doctor. Shut up. <laughs> shut up. Shut up. Um, my gosh. I don't, really, I don't even know if I have a favorite Matt Damon. He's always been pretty good. I've never been like blown away by Matt Damon. You know what? Just for the sake of it, I'm going to go with his performance as Tom Ripley in The Talented Mr. Ripley because that movie's hella underrated and it's great. I didn't see it. It's wonderful. Not wonderful, but it's kind of dark, but it's very, very good. But then the second second place will go to The Good Shepherd. What's that one? It's a movie directed by Robert De Niro about the origins of the CIA. 
Huh. It's surprising. That's it's pretty interesting. Kind of slipped under the radar. It was a 2006. Um, came out in like Christmas. It was like supposed to be the big Christmas movie and you know like Oscar movie, but then it sort of fell flat. But I had come across it somehow and picked up the DVD, and I always really really liked it. It's about like spies and you know. I don't know. I would I'd recommend it for you. I think you'd get a lot out of it. Joe Pesci's in it for a scene, so that's pretty cool. Was that before he quit acting forever? That was just after, and De Niro, like, you know, convinced him to come back. I think it's the Bagged last time. Him. Yeah. I think it's the last time De Niro directed a movie. Yeah, looks like it. That's too bad. I like, I, he's a good director. But yeah, uh, yeah, your number five is The Martian. Yes, very good. Solid movie. Very solid movie. Donald Glover? Great in that. I think that's the first movie I saw him in. That might be the first thing I, I saw him in. Other than, like, a couple episodes of Community. That shit was really good, too. Yeah. My number five, I feel like we're going to have to talk about this later, is 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yeah, let's hold off on that. And also, an honorable mention is uh, the sequel, 2010, blah, whatever. I still need movie. to watch that. Because I read, I read the book. It's really good. It's really, really good. I really, really enjoyed the book. It's it, the movie is like, it's like ethereal, and it, it's isn't John Lithgow in it? Uh, I don't think so. Hmm. I think he is. I think you're wrong. What? I think you're wrong. That's literally never happened before. <laughs> But yeah, 2001. We'll talk about it later. Your number four. My number four is Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Not on my list. It's a bad pit, bad pick. It is not a bad pick. It's You're a wrong. great movie. Very good movie. You're wrong. Probably my third favorite. <laughs> I don't movie know of all time. why I'm, fo- I'm focusing on um, performances for some reason. Uh, my my third favorite, Martin Freeman. <laughs> how do you have how, okay? First of all, I literally only know him from like The Hobbit and this. Martin Freeman is just such a nothing actor for me. I'm he's sure he's a, a wonderful guy. guy, but I just even the Sherlock show, I was like, eh, he's fine. He just is. He's literally if you want, if you went to a factory and was like, make me a kind of cute. <laughs> Normal Can I get British one guy. British white man, please? Literally, they would, they would like, they wouldn't even need to make anything because they just have them in stock. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, just pull that, yeah, pull that one on. Here you go. He's the he's the McDonald's, he's the Big Mac of British actors. <laughs> just easily accessible, always ready to go. Just, uh, I don't. Know. Good actor, fine actor, fine I actor. Like him a lot. Nothing seems special. like a really really nice guy, lovely guy. Um. But no, I like I like that movie. It's got good Stephen Fry in it. It's got a good Zoe Deschanel in it. Sam Rockwell, one of his early performances, um, before he who, had his assaults. who was he? Who was he uh, prejudiced against in this movie? I think um, it's written to his contract that he has to be extremely prejudiced in his movies. People with only one head. Oh. wait, what? <laughs> he had two heads in that movie. LOL. I just, I watched that like I remember nothing from it. You should give it another go. It's really good. No. Oh. My number four. (laughs) 
Uh, we could probably, I don't know, we could just, we could probably talk about it now, but Prometheus. Yeah, we can talk about it now. So speaking, speaking of a little earlier, you know, the origins of humanity, this puts together the most compelling case, not scientific, obviously, but just compelling from just a sci-fi, you know, dramatic, cool shit sense case for humanity and why why we exist and the origins of that and you know as improbable as it seems i think of all the explanations we have for why people are a thing honestly this is a pretty this one kind of makes a lot of sense that i don't mind it i like it that we're kind of because what the movie pretty much establishes that we're kind of an experiment right Mm -hmm. and that we just they just kind (laughs) of wanted to see what happened we were made yeah it's kind of like the old adage of like, why did we, you know, why did we, why climb Everest? It's like, because it's there. It's because it's possible. Mm-hmm. Why not? Is pretty much the, the, what I got from it. And that's sort of the mood that you get from this movie is that they, the engineers were, I think the, the, the subtext, especially with the sequel is that like the engineers were dying out and they needed to find a way to live beyond themselves and start a new, more, uh, one could say adaptable, more adaptable life form, you know? Yeah, I guess we could. Kinda. Just from what we get from Prometheus, it just seems like their society, society was sort of teetering on the edge and that they, they made people just to, yeah, to keep, stay alive pretty much. And I don't know. I don't think that there's like a giant space, enormous spaceship sitting somewhere with a dead engineer, but I certainly think it's possible that somebody, that we were the result of an experiment. Sure, I don't, I wouldn't laugh at you for saying that to me. Thank you. Uh, that much. Oh, shit. To your face, anyway. Fuck. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's just a very, it's a provocative, interesting idea about, um, and it, and it, and, and for a movie that starts off the way it does, pretty much showing you showing the origins of human life, it also it doesn't stop at just discovering human life, but it examines in a very rare case of me liking this trope of what makes people people with the whole mm-hmm. with the David storyline and how you know as an android how he kills out of curiosity and but there's also you kind of have to wonder if that was really curiosity if it was something else. And I don't know. It's, it's a really interesting look at, and we took, and we talked about it recently, so I don't, I don't have to go to that too much deep, more deeply into, you can look at our thoughts on our top 10, 2012 episode. But, um, I really love the movie. I think it's weighty. I think it's interesting. It's, it's provocative, like I said, and it's just overall awe inspiring at times. It's smart. I've always loved it. Yeah. It's incredibly smart. Good film. Film? Content or movie? Mm, not quite a picture. I'm going to go film. Fair. Mostly because people saw it and didn't like it. So that means it's, it's, that, it's good. That instantly means it's a film. Well, normies, I should say. Normies. Ugh. The normies. What's your number four? We live in a society. We do. That what, My number four was Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. What's your number three, then? Number three is Interstellar. <laughs> what? No, we're going to talk about that later. Okay. Uh, my number three is Contact. 
starring Jodie Foster. And no, I've never seen that movie. Okay. How, do you want me to lay off of the detail? Yeah, I kind of want to watch it. Isn't it based on a book by Sagan? Yeah. Yeah, hold off. I want to watch that. I'll be vague then. Um, it is probably the most realistic movie about space that is also fictitious that I've ever seen. I mean, it's it feel every minute of it feels real. Like if if the things in this movie actually happened in real life, I think this is exactly how they would play out. And you know, speaking on a personal level, I'm not a very religious person. I haven't been for probably a, de- a decade or so. And I actually kind of have a very staunch anti-religion because I think it makes people worse more often than it makes them better people overall. And that goes for every single ideology and faith. I think that's, you know, if if people, if quote-unquote down-home and nice country folk back home can act like fucking petulant children and see nothing wrong with it, then I can kind of i think it's pretty safe to assume that most people who are religious are are pretty full of shit however when it comes Big to this words, movement, brother well like come on catholic church come on like it, they're way too they're way more and maybe it's just because they're louder but they're way more examples of religious people being shitty and institutionalizing their shittiness than the than the other way around i don't know anyways but that's all to say that this movie is honestly a very it's and it makes sense it's written by sagan because it is so authentic but it is a very interesting case and um an interesting study in religion what i'm what, basically what cody what i'm trying to say is this is the move these are the kind of movies that pure flicks should be making and instead they're making god's not dead listen have you ever watched god's not dead no because that movie is straight art have you seen and... have you seen the trailer for their most recent movie the one about um, the woman whose son is, like, in a coma? No, 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 no. This one's... Oh, which one? This one is an action movie. Oh, shit. About uh, what? <laughs> okay, I'm sure it's something more than that, but I th- I'm pretty sure it was made under the adage of it's the, it's a movie of what would happen if Hillary won, and there's, like, fighting in the streets <laughs> and, like, <laughs> battles in parking lots and people with, like axes and like this whole like oh go and take my gun you know kind of a deal oh it's the worst thing in the world it's so fucking funny and looks so cheap but they're like it's family entertainment like fuck off but this but this is the kind of movie that pure flick should be making emotional which this is again i'll use the word again but this is what i think of when it comes to all space movies provocative science fiction even um provocative okay and and it actually is it's a movie that does ask hashtag ask questions oh god and the resolution is both si- it's a beautiful mix of scientific of, of being scientific and incredibly f- faith-based and it's literally like the, the main character is a girl who lost a parent when she was young and matthew mcconaughey plays like an actual preacher or or maybe not a preacher but a very religious guy nonetheless and their their relationship and how they talk to each other is kind of the driving force of the movie and the interaction that, interactions that they have. And it's just a really... It's a powerful movie that really does make me think that I can't... I can't be... the I can't be just, oh, Big Bang happened, science is the only explanation. Because this movie and then just thinking about how we all exist, I think you can't help but realize that something supernatural, something beyond our purview is 
is the is why we are here and why there is a universe and why there is all of this stuff. And this movie's kind of about that. And like I said, pure flicks. Get on it. Seriously. Don't make shit. You can you can really do some <laughs> great things with You can hire better actors than the guy from Meet the Spartans. Well, let's not say that because it is pure flicks. In fifteen years, if you make ten years of not awful shit that everybody hates, then you might be able to make good stuff with good actors. I and just not, hope they keep getting and the not, guy from and not John Voight. Yeah. Oh God. But no, I love I love Contact. It's one of my favorites. I always come back to it. Really actually now getting antsy to watch it again because it's it's that good. There is one the ending you might hate, Cody. I might? Yeah. Why would I hate it? It just it, the ending kind of takes a turn, and there's another and there's a subplot that is also you you would you might you won't hate but you might roll your eyes at kind of, <laughs> and I think Family Guy did make a make a pretty famous joke about uh, a plot point in this movie so I don't know that's all I'll say for now but Maybe it wasn't I should really, read the book. Um, I actually have the book somewhere. I mean I don't know I've always I've been mean to read it but. You're so smart. You have a Carl Sagan book? Yeah. It's crazy. I love Carl Sagan. Yeah, me too. He's my favorite Beatle. Oof. What? Oh, my God. James Woods is in this movie. Is he really? Oh, shit. So is William Fichter. And that Angela, guy? Angela Bassett. And I talk Jake, about, and talk Jake, about that guys. And Jake Busey. You know, Gary's son. What movie are you talking about now? The Pure Flix one? No, Contact. How when did Contact come out? Ninety seven. July eleventh, ninety seven. This was a tent pole. How old is Jake Busey? Uh I'm gonna guess looking at him forty seven. So 40, how old is he in that he's, movie? He's forty eight. Ah, I'm so glad. I don't know. Oh, he's young. Yeah, he's real young. So okay. He's a little like, boy. Because wasn't he in that shitty Predator movie? I don't know. I do not. Know. He was okay. I'm right. Maybe no. He was in the new one. That's what I meant. Okay. Okay. Because his dad was in Predator too, hmm. which is misunderstood art. In case you're wondering. That's true. Oh, wait. What? Oh my god. Okay, I'm not gonna. There are. I don't want to give this away, but there are sev- There are multiple uh, alien cast members in this movie. Hell yeah. One of Tom which, Skerritt. Tom Skerritt's in it, and there's one other one who, not who you expect, that plays one of the most interesting characters I've ever seen in a movie. It's Yafit Kodo. Yes. <laughs> I, won't, I won't give it away who it is. Also, Jenna Malone plays a young Jodie Foster. Jenna Malone, isn't she, like, famous now? Yeah. And then, obviously, McConaughey. I, don't, I love this movie. I, I really do love this movie so much. I recommend it to anybody and everybody. I think it's awesome, and it's, like I said, it's certainly an important movie for, for my own uh, spirituality, if, or what you would call it. But there's a scene where two adults have sex, so it's No, you can't watch movie. that, then. It's bad. Exactly. That's pretty mu- I'm pretty sure that's why it isn't more famous when it comes to that's naughty. these people. God, it's dumb. Story by Carl Sagan. Amazing. Directed by Robert Zemeckis. Music by Alan Silvestri. Alan Silvestri, excuse me. And yeah, I just, uh, I love this movie so much. What do I know Alan Silvestri from? Castaway. 
Avengers Endgame, and that's it. Okay. Those are the only it's, movies. That it's Avengers, in case you're wondering. He reused the, uh, whatever. He also did Ready Player One. It's too bad. Welcome to Marwin. Did anybody see that? Let's get, why don't you, let's have a guess. I want you to guess how much Welcome to Marwin was made for and how much it made. Uh, 50 million. Made. Was how much it was made for. Uh-huh. How much 30 million is how much it made. So it was made for between 39 and 50 million. Good job. And it grossed $12.9 million. <laughs> no one saw that movie. Nope. Poor Steve Carell. He thought he was going to win his Oscar for that, probably. Yeah. Alvin, Sil- Alvin Silvestri also scored Night at the Museum, Secret of the Tomb. And Night at the Museum, Battle of the Smithsonian. Okay. Solid movies. Not going to lie. The Polar Express, your favorite film. Made in Manhattan, a romantic comedy about New York that I somehow haven't seen yet. Got to get on that. Contact, obviously. Forrest Gump, amazing. Okay, I know that one. The Abyss. You ever see The Abyss? I've heard of it. Abyss is my by far my favorite James Cameron, or Jim Cameron as I call him. Is it really? You like that better than Aliens? Yeah. Do you like Aliens? That's fine. Anyways, you're number two. 2001. What's that? The Space Odyssey. Good Directed title. Stanley Kirbin. Kirbin. Kubrick. Kirbin. Okay. Right. <laughs> you know, Stanley Kirbin, everyone's favorite. Stanley Turbin? Stanley Turbin, you know, because he is a muslim. <laughs> Could have been. You don't know. You don't know. I don't know. You don't know. Uh, that's a great movie. I'm comfortable saying that now. I like that movie a lot. All it took was you going to, um, seeing it in IMAX. Seeing it in IMAX. With you. Aw. That's, that's nice. Um, very, very good movie. Yeah. Probably one of my it is obviously one of my favorite space movies. I think it's just, it's one of those movies that everybody did everything right. Yeah. And because of that, it's just, it's just great. What? Speak up. What? Oh, don't speak up. (laughs) No. Yeah. It kicks ass. And it also ticks kind of all the boxes that you really want from science fiction. It's about artificial intelligence. It's about space. It's about the cosmic, uh, scale of the universe. It's about the Mm -hmm. origins of man. It's about, you know, behavior. It's just the time. Everything. Just the time span that it, um, yeah, it's an epic in every sense of the word. And I love where it ends up the, with the room uh, that they're in, that, that he ends up in, and the the space baby, or what's it called? It's got a name. Star baby. Star baby, yeah. I love that. And that's, you know, and it's vague, just vague enough. Just vague enough. And I I, I really like that about it. Um, yeah. Definitely do for a rewatch, uh, for me at least. Because I feel like I'm, a couple more watches, and I'll really, really love it. You think you'll be able to uh, handle it, though? Not in IMAX. Well, they'll show that, that won't be the last time it gets shown in IMAX. Well, that's true. 
Why was it shown last time? Was it 50 years? Yeah, because they Nolan oversaw a cut of it. Oh, yeah. And fun fact about 2001, it is Tom Hanks' favorite movie. Well, that's fun. Yeah. Like, apparently he's obsessed with it. I like Tom Hanks. Like, pretty much any time it shows in, the, in a theater, he goes and sees it. Good for him. Yeah. I'm glad he can be excited about things still. I do, too. I am also glad. But um, this is uh, this is based off a book, right? Yeah, Arthur C. Clarke book. It's a great book. Is it? How much of is it? Is it like the movie? Did scoop like a, if? Um, it's what percent of the movie is the book? Eighty percent. Hmm. It's very very close adaptation. The only difference is that the book is more specific. It answers more questions. Oh, word. And there's a lot of... Um, Nudity? No. Yes, I mean... Um, no, there's a lot of... Uh, so, like, you know how there's no words spoken in the first 20 minutes? Yeah, and how they're bad? Sh- sure. <laughs> um, no, they're okay. I like, the, I like the beginning. So, there's an inner monologue that is written out in... Um, in the book, like so that that apes, what's it? He had the ape has an inner, inner monologue. He's like a character. Oh, cool. More than a. Uh, yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I really like it. I I like how it deals with uh, with uh the idea of extraterrestrial life and all that. I think, I also think it makes a pretty interesting case though. I don't think compared to Prometheus, which is a weird thing to say. I don't think it is as likely of a I actually possibility. Think it's, that's more likely. Really? Yeah. But I think they're kind of tackling the same thing. Cause isn't the implication of the monolith? No, it's the, is, yeah, the monolith. Um, what it, what does it do? It, it marks evolution. It advances it marks, yeah. evolution. Like, it, it gives it a kickstart, essentially. Right. Um, and uh, so I think that's more likely is that some alien species would find us and kick us along rather than create us. Mm. So then where'd we come from? Where did we go? Where'd you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? <laughs> uh... Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I I don't think I, I'm not. And don't get me wrong, I'm not laying that much like, oh, well, this doesn't seem like a realistic depiction of why we're here as a good thing or a bad thing. There's plenty of movies that make that try to explain it and or offer some sort of theory that are stupid. And mm-hmm. uh, but these two, between this and Prometheus, I think these these both have somewhat credible ideas of what of the reason behind life and all that. And they present them in very interesting, you know, digestible ways and that are kind of played up for, cause I, I mean, talking about going back to Prometheus, I don't think that my, that this theory of a bunch of enormous, powerful, perfectly constructed gray men came and drank a drink and then jumped in a waterfall there is certainly a possibility that some form of humanoid being did 
come and kind of like the monolith kickstart something or even mm-hmm. start it all together. Yeah. Whereas this, I don't think a giant monolith came down and advanced human in advanced human development, but I certainly think it's possible that some form of a guidance, I guess, was given to us, bef- uh, given to early humans before we could really write stuff down and prove anything to get us kind of to move us along, I suppose. And maybe that's what that maybe that's what our savior, President Trump, is, is that he's been brought here by the aliens to move us to the next plane of human existence. So what I think the true I'm kidding cause of life is. Yeah. Is, have you ever heard of it's like the primordial sound, space garbage? Wait, are we space life? trash? It's it's like the thing is is that um, what's the meme, Cody? <laughs> human or human life exists or life on Earth exists because aliens dump their trash on Earth, and I think that's hilarious, and I hope it's true. What? Give me realistic odds. What? What percent likelihood is it that there are aliens? Oh, 90%. But what is your de- what's your definition of aliens in this with this question? Um, life. Life. Multicellular life. Intelligent? A bonus but not necessary to be called an alien with with some form of social structure and like not what are my government. the chances of that? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. With civilization? Yeah, some form of civilization. I'm going to give that one a 75%. Really? You're that confident? Yeah. Do you yeah. think they know we're here? About 40% on that one. See, I'm kind of the opposite way. I'm 99% sure that there is life out there, but I'm 0% sure that they know we're here. I don't think they... I think we are... I think the universe is vast and it's huge. I think there is a crap ton of life out there. and I. But I think also the universe is super old and the... the um, and the only reason like why we have anything is because something crashed into us and something altered our, uh, our environment to make it sustainable for life. Because like the... Um, a bunch of scientists tried to... Re- like pretty much put in a beaker the primordial ooze of like the things the very basic building blocks of life and they tried to just make it happen in a contained environment and it didn't happen i think they like had heat and then a bunch of other stuff and that pretty much they concluded that some sort of spark needed to happen for us Hmm. to exist and it and with with the world that was already there the spark was most likely a meteorite or some you know and some something falling to earth with a different element to it, like a bacteria or whatever, or just right place, right time kind of a thing, which is, which led to the creation of human life, uh, or the origins of human life, I suppose. And I think that's happened in, I don't know, maybe not billions, but millions of other worlds. And they're just at different times. Like maybe there's a world somewhere out there. That's us as cavemen. That's pretty much people, but cavemen or something equivalent (laughs) to that. And that life, and we don't need to find a, 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 finding a planet that is as perfectly like oxygen and has all the things that ours has doesn't mean anything. And that life can be adaptable to whatever situation that it's in. 
So if there is like I'm not saying life could be on a gas giant like Jupiter, but if there's a if there's a world that's like forty to negative forty degrees all the time, life could still be there. Yeah, and then it's yeah, like I said, it's adaptable because we're you know we're warm blooded and like reptiles are cold blooded, right? Mm-hmm. So couldn't that be the same for somebody on a, on a, something or somebody on a different planet? I don't see why not. I don't see why not. That's my. I think that's the most likely. I think there's plenty of life out there, but we just none of us know that each other are here. But how cool would it be to find out one day? Pretty fucking cool. We will never what's get your, to see. What's it. What's your number one? Two. My number two. Yeah. Alien, of course. Okay. Let's hold off on that. Ray. Then what's my number your... one is Alien. <laughs> <laughs> you goofball! You goofball! Uh, I, I can't. I I honestly think we should just leave it at my number one is alien, and your number two is alien. People don't need to hear us talk about it again. But specifically, when it comes to this conversation, because this it's the best movie that takes place in space, like, and it is a hard, almost a hard sci-fi. But what? Outside of being a, the greatest horror movie ever made, what does it tell us? What does it have to say about space and about the universe and about life specifically? Because that's kind of what I'm trying to get with this episode. I'm glad our picks know. reflected this. It's like um, life. I would say what it says about space in general is it, unlike Prometheus, this one is focusing on isolation. Mm-hmm. The isolation of space, I guess. Which, hence the tagline. But I don't know. I'm not in a mood to get as philosophical as you are. So let's hear yours. My what? Why you're, Why it's your number two? Why do you oh. love it so much? So putting again, putting aside all the things that makes it a great horror movie, you know, a make fantastic setup. I love how this is totally normal until it isn't, and it just it's just another random day and another weird time in in these characters lives and then all of a sudden shit happens you know it gets crazy jones the Mm -hmm. cat is gives possibly the best performance i've ever seen (laughs) daniel day lewis has nothing on jones uh he is just the greatest but um I, i guess yeah getting into the sort of headspace that i that i'm in and i think you are in as well whether you want to admit it or not is that it, it it takes a much more nihilistic approach to to space and it doesn't it's not there aren't um there aren't monoliths to guide us along there isn't um there isn't a in the sense of contact there isn't a friendly ish being there to provide comfort this is you're just done brother <laughs> absolute worst most terrifying thing that we can't even comprehend could exist, but only could exist in out out there in the darkness. That is just completely unparalleled to any like a shark, a dinosaur. Nothing can compare it to the xenomorph. And it's and we go out we go out thinking, oh, we're gonna we're gonna find you know friends on another planet, and we're gonna make peace, and we're gonna share technology and no, it's all this stuff. But no, what's what is more likely happens that we come across a breeding ground for the most despicable, terrifying, unkillable monsters to ever walk anywhere in the universe. And that's the Xenomorph. And, and to, to take that approach, especially right after Star Wars, where 
you got the fuzzy little Chewbacca, and then, of course, the Ewoks coming later. No, this thing is just a killing fucking machine. <laughs> it's built to destroy. It's just so cool, and very. it's very 1970s, uh, <laughs> almost to a fault. Uh, no, not really. And no, I love the... Um... Yeah. The, the alien aesthetic of that movie is amazing. H.R. Geiger's designs, otherworldly. The the and honestly, the things I'm most impressed about this movie aren't even alien xenomorph specific related. It's when they go out to the spaceship and they find the engineer's ship that we revisit in Prometheus is just the coolest set. Uh, with it's just so it's phallic in a weird way, but it's That's just the very point. creepy. That's all Geiger's. Yeah. Mega sexual. Love it. Speaks to something very subliminal, very, very scary in all of us. But all right, yeah, but can we talk know. about love, Tars? <laughs> okay, yeah, Interstellar is my number one. It has it really doesn't have it? It's this movie's more, and speaking in the scientific sense, it's a lot more about human evolution than scientific. it is anything else. It's that's not a word. Scientific. Hell scientific. Now it is. Just say scientific. Now it is. Uh, obviously, this is Nolan extrapolating off the ideas of 2001. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's for all intents and purposes, this is his remake, remake or reboot, reboot prequel, pre-root, I don't know, whatever. Reimagining. Yeah, of 2001. It kind of uses the same themes. It has similar elements to it. Um, but it's just, it's with a bigger Spielbergian kind of emotional hook to it. And yeah, this let's, I mean, we both agree this movie is a masterpiece and it gets shit on because people are dumb. (laughs) It's a great, it is one, I think it's one of the best movies ever made personally. I think it's McConaughey and the emotional angle with him and his daughter is just fucking powerful. Yeah, I would, I would definitely argue that that is the peak of the reconnaissance. Oh yeah. That's when I really realized he was an actual actor who right. wasn't bad. Yeah. And being an actor. And it was whew, tell you what. Tars is a little bitch. I love Tars. It's love Tars. I like Tars. Tars is the good one, right? Yeah. And, and then who's um, the other Case. one? And Case gets ganked, right? By Dr. <laughs> Human. Yeah. Yeah, Dr. Man. Dr. Man is not a friend. Um, I wonder. I wonder what his real name is in the show. In the show, Interstellar Doctor Man. Let's see if he has a first name. No, that's stupid. They should have made his first name Hugh. That's so boring. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I like. I I mean in Nolan's head it was a nice tribute like I'm sure it was probably in the script that Spielberg had but it was a tribute probably to Michael Mann because he loves Michael Mann but you just no, can't there's no way it wasn't Doctor Man Doctor Hugh Man <laughs> Doctor Hugh Man that's the only thing you literally see, no meme that's, no meme that's the only thing I don't like about this movie because humans are awful it's just so telegraphed like ugh. You can call him Dr. Stevens and it's and still do everything <laughs> the same, same point. and make your audience think a little bit about what you're trying to get at and not just call him Dr. Man. Oh, but it's we're not saying man because this has two ends. So it's not just me. No, fuck off. 
That's so. That's too on the nose. It's not even subtle. <laughs> like it hurts. It honestly hurts. <laughs> what do you think the odds are that Nolan walks into the into a meeting with WB Warner Brothers and is like, "All right, here's my script," and they re- and they all read through it. And they're like, we "Just have one note, Chris. This character, Doctor Man. I feel like just calling him Doctor Man just is a little bit on the nose. Maybe we should call him something else." <laughs> And no one's like, no worries, got it. And then they get the next script, and he just added the just control F, just and then added, added one the N, N. <laughs> fixed and it, guys. He's like, like, listen, few man is in this movie, or I walk. <laughs> yeah, I really hope so. That, that's an option anytime. Like you. Honestly, if I ever met Nolan, that's one of the things. If I could, I would. I would ask, ask him. him. I'd like really did. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even frame it as if I was like to give away how I thought about it. I was like, what was, what was behind the man character, Dr. Man character in Interstellar? I just want to see what he would say. <laughs> or what, or it would be hysterical if he didn't even realize it. He's like, oh, I, I, just Wait, really? I just, I just like that name. It's like, what? that's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this movie on a technical level, I mean, the CGI, the, music the direction just the the those hashtag shots cody god and the same guy is shooting is the cinematographer for ad astra oh is that true yeah why would i say it if it wasn't true because you lie all the time hey peep our twitter three uh (laughs) oh me now yeah that was the first time you tweeted in probably 40 years or your real Twitter, or... I know, I mentioned you on my Twitter. Oh, my God. Look what I found. I don't... I literally don't see anything. It just happened. Relax. Give it a fucking sec. Mason! Relax. Will you fucking calm down? I'm not... I really don't understand. I tweeted the gif of Tim Curry saying space. Oh, I love that. Space. So you can use that for the episode. Yeah, space. <laughs> oh, my God. Fucking better. By the way, I just, I t- I'm on your Twitter. I saw what you retweeted about that, uh, that, the, the, uh, ice cream sundae from Friendlies of the monster. <laughs> relatable. Very relatable. Um, but yeah. Interstellar. Wow. Yeah, sorry. Ultimate um, film. So good. So good. Space. Not as good as Alien. But. Yeah. Debatable. Pretty art. V art. What's, um, what's your favorite thing about this movie? One Interstellar? Element. Yeah. There's a scene uh-huh. in this movie where. Matthew McConaughey gets about 20 years worth of messages from his daughter or from his son and his daughter. After, and by the way, a mission that was supposed to only be a couple of years ended up being 20 and he was not prepared for it to be so long. And it just, he realized how much time he missed. So he, he's his Matthew McConaughey's performance in that scene alone I think it might be one of the finest pieces of acting I've ever seen in my entire life. And 
that movie is just full mm-hmm. of scenes like that. Yeah. Plus, there's a scene where is that Wes Bentley in that movie? Mm-hmm. There's a scene where he dies, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. And speaking of it, I guess we can talking a little bit more about space. A very realistic depiction of other worlds. How uh, one of them is just is just water, pretty much, at least as far as we know, is mostly water, I guess, and it's mm-hmm. just constantly the ripping tides and the that's the one that's waves. closest to the black hole. Yeah, I think so, so. What it shows is that it shows um the tides just super or like like what our ocean does time a thou- times a thousand because the gravity is so fucked up there. Right. And then Dr. Human's planet is all ice and then Doc- the planet that Dr. Brand goes to that um which love draws her to is the most hospitable and it's kind of like Mars. Yes. And, and you know, hey, a lot of people rag on this one of us, one of our podcast hosts even for the whole love it's love dars but honestly they're not it's it's not a wrong theory what what dr brand says about about love is completely true it is an unquantifiable uh but also equally powerful thing that is just you there's no science that can tell you that can tell you anything about love mm-hmm. except what it except record what it does like it raises your heartbeat and it literally can make people stronger and it can do and people can do things they wouldn't normally do when motivated by their love for somebody mm-hmm. there's many like people lifting cars and you know dad strength is a thing for sure and it's you know people like to call nolan a kind of a cold filmmaker and i never understood that because i think his movies are dripping with emotion this one most of all Interste- or in- inception come on yeah, that whole movie is just motivated yeah. of a guy trying to get back to his kids. The Dark Knight, also, uh, Batman Begins is all about one emotion, fear, and you know, and Interstellar's obviously what it is. Dunkirk is a little bit less emotional, but is um, it's still powerful. Tenet, who knows? Um, I think it's called Tenet, but okay. <laughs> fuck off. But Interstellar definitely takes it to the nth degree, and it's just it's amazing. Um, and that fucking score, dude. Jesus. So good. Hans Zimmer's best work. I don't care. It's just how it is. <laughs> I'm on a, the Wikipedia page. Apparently, Interstellar has its own Wikipedia. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and one guy asked, what is Dr. Man full name? And then guy goes, Hugh man. <laughs> and then someone else says, what's Dr. Man's first name? Hugh. Seriously, just Google it. We're look closer at this wiki for God's sake. I love it. That movie doesn't need a wiki. I'm sorry. Let's see. I wonder if he was, Hugh's not on here at all, brother. You liar. <laughs> brother. <laughs> when you say that. Um, yeah, anyway, so those are those are our lists. We got deep on this one, Cody. Or I got deep and you came along for the ride. I was there. I kinda I kinda did. You 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 got you ask questions. You I asked am just questions. asking questions. You asked some questions. I appreciate that. Watch your reading listening too. You first, uh, me first? Me first. Okay. Mostly because I know you're gonna want to talk about this one, so it'll take a while. Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. 
God. It's great. I'm almost done with it. I love it. I love that book. I've read it before, obviously, but I'm reading it again. Wait. Did you say you're fucking reading it? Yeah. Dude, why are you like this? What is wrong with you? What? What's wrong? Just read the book I bought you. <laughs> send it back to me. We've been over this. One of the two. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to audiobook it once I'm done with Harry Potter, I promise. Well, no, do it first. I'm almost done with the book. I'm on, I have like 10 chapters to go. I'm such a fucking cock. <laughs> oh, my God. It's like you're afraid. <laughs> To love something. Cody, you don't know how right you are. You won't um, give it a chance. Honestly. Give me chills from how right you are right now. Um, anyways. Um, let's see. I also rewatched Goodfellas the other day. In the theater. And then... They then one of the theaters near me announced they were doing a 35 millimeter screening on Sunday, so I might have to go see it again. Well, that's crazy. With, with the writer of the book Nicholas Pileggi in attendance. Huh. Nicholas Pileggi. That's cool. A veteran of the gamer of the furry gamer wars of 2016. That's not true. Yep, he was a gamer. Guy's got to be what 70. <laughs> What's his name? Nicholas Pileggi. I think he's like 82. Eighty-six. Eighty-six. My man. No, he's definitely a furry. <laughs> Not a gamer. No. No. I'm s i am gonna be going to see Hustlers, I think, tomorrow night, so I'm looking forward to that. Didn't get around to it when I was on vacation. And I'm still curious about the Goldfinch. I w I, I wanna see it. Because at the very worst, it's it's um, it's what's his name, Deacon's some Deacon cinematography, and that's always good. So I don't know. Have, did you ever read, listen to the Goldfinch? Nope. I've never heard of that. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, I am still curious about it, even though I'm not a fan of Ansel Elgort. What about Finn Wolfhard? He's okay. Yeah. He is okay, Cody. He's got a pretty great name. No. Wolfhard is an amazing last name. No. What about you? What are you going to listen to? I watched a couple of movies in a row the other day. Uh, Hit my nostalgia pretty hard. Uh Uh-oh. I watched um, Quarantine. Never heard of it. And I also watched Quarantine 2. Quarantine is a, a formative is movie Boogaloo? for me. No, it's Terminal. Oh. Yikes. Uh, it's just really great. Um, it's not, but I really like it. It was one of the movies I saw with my friends when I was young in the theaters. So it's just it has a lot of nostalgia for me. It's just it's a found footage movie about super rabies that kills everybody. Hmm. Good movie. You should watch it. It's called Quarantine? Quarantine. Quarantine. Yes. Quarantine. What if I don't? 
I won't be that mad at you. Okay. What's it have to say about society? Um, that we live in one. Dude, nice. Just like Joker. <laughs> I saw an actual uh, video that somebody took in the theater of him saying society in the movie. <laughs> so I, can't, I can't fucking wait. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh, I I really still don't know what to. Uh, what but that's to like two about. weeks for us, right? Yeah, it's coming up soon. You know, I'm I don't know what to think about it. I'm I really don't know if I'm gonna like it or if I'm gonna hate it. Like anything anything's possible when it comes to that filming. Yes, I guess the big question is if it's gonna be of uh, what it's gonna come down to in our classifications. I bet one of us will think it's content. One of us will think it's film. And then Josh won't play along. Because he's mean. He doesn't like our game. Won't rate it. Hmm. What's in our cellar? Film. I'm... I'm going to go... Here's what I'm going to say. I think... Alien is a... Film. Of my top five, I should say. <sighs> okay. Prometheus is a movie. Contact is a movie. 2001 and Interstellar, both pictures. Yeah. Um, Aliens film, 2001 is a picture. Interstellar is the film. Hitchhiker's Guide and The Martian are both movies. No content. Good. No content. No. no Closest movie. thing to content is probably Star Trek Into Darkness, but that's closer to movie than content. Yeah. I was, my, dif- my differentiation between film, content and movies, content has to be solely made for audiences to go see not challenge them at all and just make money movies there should be some form of ingenuity in them even though they are primarily to make money and to be products where but i guess nolan interstell is also a movie but it's made as if it's a picture but it also appeals to people who want to go just watch a movie Cinema. Cinema. We should, we should really... I, 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 if I was a smarter man, I would find a way to, like, I don't know, trademark our our system. <laughs> <laughs> ah, golly. All right. Well, that'll do it. Next time you hear from us, we will be discussing Ad Astra, Ad Nauseam. Uh-huh. And who knows? Maybe the new Batman Arkham game could be announced in between now and then wouldn't count on it <clears throat> I wouldn't count on it what do you think what, of the of uh, the movies we talked about which one do you think Ben Shapiro likes the most um Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy <laughs> it's the most ju- <laughs> no I bet that's, yeah, I bet it's Hitchhiker's Guide. This is his favorite. Nice. What do you think? I'd probably 2001. What do you think is Kamala Harris's favorite? Uh, hmm, interesting question. I think she likes The Martian the most. Because it's about NASA and she would be like, we, <laughs> I love we need NASA, to. Yeah. She says. NASA's great. Yeah. Well, until next time, you can follow us.
At underscore Reflex on Twitter. Leave an iTunes review. Check us out on Spotify and send us an email at reflexpodcast at gmail.com. Does anybody ever send us an email? I haven't checked in a bit, but yes, we do have actually many. Yikes, sorry. Sorry, friends. Uh, <laughs> and until next time, Cody, it's what, Tars? Love, Tars. So the real question is, <laughs> am I currently playing the Interstellar theme or Cotton Eye Joe? Who knows? Hopefully Cotton Eye Joe. Who knows? Hit it! Put up, put up, put up, put up, put up.